be okay with who you are right now and to know that you are doing the best that you are and be able to give yourself that kind of support and that internal cheerleading that we do need and know that if we've not done so great that day that we're going to have a better day the, the next day and it's okay to not always be productive and it's okay not to always be busy and that's not where our worth lies our worth doesn't lie in all our achievements and and everything and and also to know that it's okay to do things differently and to have different systems Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am your host, Tracy Otsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode number 164 of ADHD for Smartass Women. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter over at tracyoutsuka.com. My purpose is always to show you who you are and then inspire you to be it. In the thousands of ADHD women that I have had the privilege of meeting, I've never met a one that wasn't truly brilliant at something. Not one. And our guest today is no exception. So if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that I'm a huge proponent of EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. I know, such a weird name. It's also called tapping. And I'm a huge proponent of tapping to manage and alleviate ADHD symptoms. In the past 10 years, there have been hundreds of clinical trials conducted in the United States that demonstrate that tapping, probably conducted all over the world, actually, but I know there are hundreds in the United States, that demonstrate that tapping on certain acupressure points on the body can change gene expression, reduce the stress hormone cortisol, and even rewire your brain's pathways. So it's all rooted in science. And I think that because of what's happened with opioids, there's been a concerted push to find options for pain management. Our Veterans Administration now uses tapping to support veterans with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. I also have the largest managed care organization called Permanente here in the States, offers tapping as one of its therapies. I believe in tapping so much that I wanted to learn more, so I began training in it almost a year ago. I was so blown away with how effective it was for me. I hadn't heard of anyone else who was using it to help their ADHD clients manage symptoms until our guest introduced herself to me. So lucky for us, I now get to introduce you to Kate Moore Youssef. Kate is a well-being lifestyle coach and EFT practitioner helps ADHD women feel calmer, step into their potential, reduce overwhelm and anxiety, and more accepting of themselves. She's the mother of four kids and was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 40. Prior to her training in EFT tapping and NLP, Kate worked in public relations. Kate, did I get all of that right? Yes, you did. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. You no, know, I am delighted to have you. So I am, I'm just so curious about 
how you use tapping and all of that. But first, can we talk about your ADHD diagnoses? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I've had I've known about ADHD all my life. It's been, you know, just part of my family. It's been part of the vocab at home. Um, I grew up with two brothers and um, they both were diagnosed with ADHD at quite a young age, which was, you know, sort of late 80s, early 90s, quite a, um, you know, it was was still, you know, not quite understood and the awareness wasn't quite there. So I always knew about ADHD in boys and it was just part of what was going on in our house. But it was not until my daughter was diagnosed and I was diagnosed. um, And that was about 19 months ago now that we, I really understood what was going on with, with women and girls. And um, so it was over lockdown, like so many people, um, I saw how my daughter was studying or say actually not being able to study. And I noticed that she just wasn't able to focus and sit, but just to sort of backtrack, I knew there was something going on with her before the pandemic, but we'd taken her dyslexic test, dyslexia test, dyspraxia test, and it all came back quite inconclusive. She was just about getting through, you know, all the classwork and just about sort of scraping through, but her memory retention, her comprehension just wasn't sort of on the same level as everyone else's and her spelling and her handwriting, but the teachers couldn't quite pick it up. And it was only when I was sat with her trying to work that I knew there was something else going on. And so I did lots of research of myself. And then once I started doing all the research for her, it was just lots of light bulbs going off for me. So, yeah, so that's when I started to realize that ADHD wasn't just for boys and indeed, you know, showed up for girls in lots of different ways. So did you think at the time, well, girls just don't have ADHD? Or did you know that girls can have it? You know what? It just wasn't really on my radar. Like it was kind of like I knew that I struggled with quite a few different things, but it was never really like, could I have ADHD? It was just not really there. It was just for me, it was ADHD. My It was what my brothers had and it was what boys and men I knew had, but just not me and my daughter and anyone else. But very, very quickly, I started to do the research and, you know, hyper-focused on it. And, you know, for me, it was just so many dots being put together for my emotional well-being, my behavior, the way I studied, the way I was, the way, it was just my whole life. So it was it was remarkable. And me and my daughter, I actually ended up getting diagnosed within a week of each other. And we definitely, we, we bonded over that. We listened to lots of podcasts and we read lots of books and articles. And then she kind of just said to me, mummy, I know what's going on with me. I don't need to talk about ADHD anymore. <laughs> Whereas I was like completely fascinated by it. Realized that I built a business around trying to help women who were like me, but I didn't have the vernacular. I didn't have the words or the 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 label or whatever you want to call it to bring ADHD women to me. So I was magnetizing women, you know, who I could coach, but I didn't call them ADHD. It was very much like, are you over easily overwhelmed? Um, Do you suffer with anxiety? Are you overstimulated? Do you jump from thing to thing? And it was kind of like ticking every single box for ADHD, but I just didn't know that's what it was. So you hadn't put it all together. Absolutely. So it really, really has helped me piece my whole life together. And I'm just so grateful for this diagnosis. So you were already a wellness coach and an NLP and EFT practitioner before you diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Yes. So once you knew it was ADHD and you had the benefit of hindsight, what are some of the symptoms that you always wondered about, but now you recognize them as clearly ADHD? Mm, Yeah, definitely my emotional regulation my patience, my irritability, if I hadn't been outside, if I'd not moved my body, if I hadn't had downtime, I knew that I always needed lots of downtime, that if I could feel very overwhelmed, if I was sort of overstimulated, needing time to myself to just to process things. That's just some of it. But also like memory retention, just remembering facts. Everything was kind of big picture stuff for me, which has helped me in lots of different ways. But to sort of, you know, the finer details were always, you know, I always miss them. 
And I definitely suffered. I've suffered with anxiety all my life. But again, I didn't even know the word for me, you know, up until sort of five years ago that it was anxiety. I just kind of grew up with words like neurotic and a worrier and, you know, someone that just was overthinking all the time. And then when I realized that actually, you know, I've had sort of low level anxiety, just sort of humming away in the background my whole life, which has made me feel very hypervigilant. And again, that's, you know, a classic symptom symptom for women with ADHD. It's just never quite feeling relaxed. I was very restless, always just needing to be doing things, needing to achieve things, needing to, you know, and then then feeling guilty if I ever tried to rest. So I had to make a special effort. Self-care for me was a huge factor, which is, you know, what I love being able to talk about to other women. But I knew that if I didn't bring in lots of different tools to my you know, to my toolbox to help me with my well-being, things would go downhill very quickly. And I always felt very precious. I was like, why do I have to be the one to always have to, you know, have all these things going on in my day to make sure I felt regulated? Why is everyone else happy to bounce from thing to thing without needing to go outside, without needing to have breaks? And I I did. But now I realize that's just part of me feeling calm and balanced. I'm so grateful to have this awareness because it's it's really helped me and it's and it's helped me be a better parent as well. So did you discover um, NLP and EFT initially looking for something for yourself? You realized, oh, this really works. You became more interested in helping other women using that tool or those tools. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's, it's been a, a very sort of slow shift. You mentioned in your intro that I used to work in public relations and I worked in public relations for, for quite a long time in and out while I was having my kids. And I always gravitated towards the well-being brands to all the health and well, you know, wellness mm-hmm. sector well before it was the trendy thing to do. And I was so, I loved working with those brands. And then I had kids quite early on. So I started working from home a lot more, doing a lot more freelance work. Then I I just I just felt very overwhelmed by working in PR because attention to detail is actually very important. <laughs> and if you make a small, you know, a small mistake on a press release or you say the wrong fact to a journalist, you know, it, it really can kind of go quite wrong quite quickly. And that gave me a lot of anxiety. Uh, and I, I definitely felt like getting to bed at night and my heart would be pounding and I'd be worried I'd forgotten something or missed something out. And I just thought, you know what, I've got four kids now and I don't need this an- anxiety in my head of, of, you know, a whole kind of tower of cards like falling behind me because I'd missed out <laughs> one one detail, which is how I, you know, overthought it and ruminated it on it. So I decided to have a bit of time out from working and I had and this is very typical ADHD and, and I didn't know it at the time, but I decided when my youngest was about one year, one year old, I was going to set up like a small business and I was going to, my business was going to be, and this was a middle of the night epiphany out of nowhere that I was going to um, start a succulent business, planting succulents in, <laughs> yes, it's this so random. It, gets, <laughs> it was, yeah, it wasn't just planting succulents. It was succulents in vintage containers. So I woke up in the night, I had this epiphany. It was literally like a jump, it was like a bolt in the night. And I woke up the next morning, I told my husband and he was like, okay, like, let's see if she pulls this one off kind of thing. And I did pull it off and I found a supplier straight away. I was a thrift shop addict as it was, you know, like me going around thrift shops and picking out like old 70s ceramics was like my idea of heaven. And within a week, I'd created all these cool things like with succulents growing out of them and teapots. And I put them on my social media and like my PR skills kicked in and I absolutely loved it. So I had my four kids driving me crazy and I found a little room in my house and I was potting away. And when I was doing that, I was listening to podcasts and, you know, self-help books, audio books. And that's when I realized I did have this thirst, this need to, to help other people, to support guide, coach, whatever you want to call it. I loved being that person that would help people, you know, to find their their best self. And so I realized that this was actually a job. It wasn't just kind of being a supportive friend. Like I could actually do this. But I wait, spent wait, wait, a lot one of time. second. If yes. I'm thinking this, I know our listeners are thinking this. Okay. So <laughs> how did we get from the succulents in vintage containers <laughs> to I need to help people? That's where I'm happiest. 
Yeah, because I actually think it was it's always been deep that deep down there. I think I was always the person that friends would come to and they'd, you know, they'd ask for some advice and people would say, Oh, you're so wise beyond your years, and you've always got like good life advice. And I just, while I was doing my potting, it was kind of like a hobby that made me some money that was a self-care and it was just doing something with my hands, being creative. And it facilitated me to have time out to listen to books and podcasts that, mm. you know, really satiated that thirst for knowledge about what what else, you know, what else is out there that I could, you know, train in. And that's when I decided I wanted to um, train to be a coach. And then I learned about NLP, but the EFT was, was the end one. It was like the final it was the final missing piece that has actually has been the thing, my passion. It's I'm so glad I got the training in NLP and my coaching, but for me, the tapping was like the thing I had been searching for. And ever since then, since I started my training, I had a session, I had one session with someone a few years back, a good few years before all of this. And I remembered it being life-changing and I, I really, you know, it was just, I walked in there and an hour later, so many things had changed for me and I and I remembered that and it came up for me to be able to train it just timing wise and my trainer could do it and so I just went through the whole process it's, it's taken me a few years and then I finally um, got my practitioner status about two months ago and it's been just the best thing ever it's been amazing for me for, for calming my nerves and anxiety and my nervous system but mostly it's just been the most wonderful experience to be able to help clients, to help people I know move past their beliefs and old thoughts and emotions and, and move them to a, a better kind of lighter, more positive place. And I, I think you know all about that, don't you, Tracy? Yeah, but our, our listeners don't. So I'm going to want you okay. to talk about it in your words. What does NLP mean? Okay, so NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And to be to be very simplistic about it, it's just knowing how important the words are that we use in our day-to-day -day language and how that can guide our thoughts and our emotions. So it's changing the phrases, it's changing the wording, it's changing the beliefs, the thought patterns that we have historically had, you know, throughout our lives when where we've perhaps heard it from conditioning, from society, from parents. And we've just thought that's just the way of the world. That's just the way things should be because that's what we've heard. And actually, you know, our neural pathways are ready and ripe to be to be changed. And, you know, uh, with neuro-linguistic programming, we change those neural pathways where we can change the way our brain wants to work. We can change our thinking patterns. So I kind of combine the training that I have done with neuro-linguistic programming and coaching and bringing in the EFT, the tapping, to, I guess it's a bit of a unique approach to what I, how I coach my clients, but a big part of it, and I, I'm not ashamed to say is I'm a very spiritual person as well. So I definitely feel very much that the EFT is a guide to our inner self. It's our inner wisdom. And very often with this, lots of noise going on internally with ADHD and externally with this very busy world that we're living in is that very often we just don't have time or space to tap into that inner self so that we can hear what what do we actually want what is it that you know our heart desires but also what are we ready to let go of what are we ready to release and often we don't even know that and it takes a session with EFT to realize what memories what trauma has been holding us back what where the words and the phrases and the sayings that we've just been using and thinking about where's it stemmed from and giving that a place to come up, you know, it's a lot about the acceptance and then allowing it to be released as well. So it's very freeing and it often leads to just feeling um, lighter, you know, a lot more inner peace. So we're not negating the historic, you know, trauma, the old beliefs, the stories, the memories, whatever's happened, we're not trying to quash it. We actually want it to come up. And while we're tapping on these- Okay, hold on one points, second. Let me, let me start. I'm so sorry, but I know that people are thinking, well, what is it? What is EFT? So can you start there yeah. and just be really specific on, you know, what is it? If someone asked you that question, what would you say? <laughs> 
Yeah. So EFT is, um, it's first of all, it's emotional freedom technique. And it sounds a bit strange, but essentially it's a kind of a combination of Eastern acupressure. So if you've been for acupuncture or, you know, like a Chinese um, style um, massage or anything like that, and then it's combining with Western um, psychology. So kind of like CBT style. And we're doing a lot of talking with the tapping on the acupressure points or the um, known as meridians. And these are just energy blockages around our face and our upper body and our hands where we are talking about things that potentially could be quite stressful or quite intense. But because we're tapping on the points while we're doing that, it's calming in our body. So it's very somatic. We're, it's honing in on the feelings in our body but allowing ourselves to feel calmer while we're tapping to be able to release things that do feel quite traumatic and things that we probably have suppressed for a very long time. So very often, if I'm with a client, we'll end up talking about something, you know, from it will end up going back to the root cause, which is typically in childhood. And we'll, we'll start with what's going on right now in the present and we'll go back to well, what memory does that bring up? What does that remind you of? What are you imagining? What, what are you visioning, visualizing now? What can, what's that feeling in your body that you're being reminded of? And so if we don't clear the, the root cause using the tapping, those same beliefs just keep coming back and we don't clear and we don't release and we can't move forwards. And, and that is why EFT is so powerful because we are getting into the nitty gritty, you know, the, the dark and the dirty stuff that perhaps we just have suppressed because we don't want to talk about. But that's the stuff that keeps blocking us, keeps, you know, we go keep going into self-sabotage and it's allowing us that opportunity to accept it as it was and, um, and move forwards with more peace. So in what circumstances do you find tapping to be especially effective with ADHD clients? Like how and when do you use it? Mm, yeah. So this was so interesting because I felt it, I, I first knew it for myself because I'd recognized how powerful tapping was for me. So on a very baseline level, it's very calming in your body. So your nervous system, the court, like you mentioned, the cortisol levels, and um, it helps with old beliefs, old stories. So if you have been a child with ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD, you will probably have heard people say, stop talking, stop, you're so messy. Why can't you do things properly? Why, you know, and lots of put downs, lots of people criticizing you. And that might just be gentle you know, jibs throughout your life, but you will have taken on this persona of the person that can't get their, you know, their shit together. They can't get their um, life in order. They can't um, keep a tidy home. All these different things that these beliefs that we just keep kind of absorbing and absorbing. And very often we are just, we just become that person. So the tapping is very good for going into that, going into the beliefs that we've held about ourselves and really questioning them. Go, well, who said that to us? Where's that come from? And then recognizing that we've got new awareness now, especially if we've had diagnosis later on in life and recognizing that we don't have to hold on to that old persona of the person that um, can't hold down a job that can't finish their homework, that um, is disruptive, you know, all the things that perhaps that we've just believed about ourselves. And it moves us to a more, um, it it's a perspective shifter as well. So sort of from a psychological perspective, we get that. But just if you want to do something that is just involves like calming your body down, removing anxiety and overwhelm, you can just tap and not talk. And you can just do a bit of breath work. And I've got some videos on my website of, of that. And for me, that's been a game changer. That's something I do in the morning. I do that when, you know, it's like six o'clock in the evening and my house is going crazy and I have to be taking to a different football rotor and all of that. And I'll just go and do two or three minutes of tapping on the tapping points and, you know, some breath work. And that really just kind of brings things down a little bit and allows me some time to pause and some space. And I, and I genuinely do think that to have that tool for anyone with ADHD, because I, I don't know any ADHD woman that doesn't suffer from um, 
this kind of overzealous nervous system and, you know, constant fraughtness and anxiety. So that's where I, I think it really helps with ADHD, but it also helps us with clarity. So when our brain is going at a million miles an hour and we've got lots of different things going on and we're not even sure where to begin and the procrastination's kicking in and we're overthinking and we just don't know where to start, we just do some tapping and we can do just tapping and talking of where do I begin? What's holding me back? And very often the clarity will come through. We'll have some time. Our um, amygdala, um, which is kind of the fight or flight part of our brain that tells us to be on high alert, to you know, puts us on fight or flight, takes a step back. And we're able just to um, step away from that sort of rational side. And the subconscious comes in of okay, what is it that you really want to do? What is it that will help you right now? What do you need to do to achieve this? And it all just feels a little bit calmer. And that is why I was so attracted to EFT. And I know that's why it helps a lot of, um, of my clients, my ADHD clients as well. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I know in tapping or EFT, there are all these meditations and there's a process that what you said to be so true that sometimes that stresses me out more versus when I am just spinning. I just want something that I don't have how I get into it. I just start doing it. It's the action. And so it's the, it's the tapping meditations for me that don't include all the words. <laughs> mm. I don't have to think it through. What am I, you know, I just, I find them to be the most effective. Because like you said, you can just, you know, go in your room for two minutes and it's amazing what happens when you the process. It's it's the system part of it too that calms my brain down. I know exactly what I need to do. And I know I don't really need to think beyond that. So I, I love what you're saying. So do you train your clients? First of all, I should ask, is tapping involved every single session that you have with a client? Or do you meet with a client and then you decide what you're going to do? Or does it always kind of end with a tapping meditation? Yeah, I mean, I think people do come to me now because they know that I, I, I do at EFT. And listen, sometimes, you know, we do, we just have like a coaching session. But I think what, what happens is now I see the power of, of tapping that when they come to me and they say, phrases or words, or they come to me with a scenario, I know how successful the tapping will be to help um, reduce that intensity or to even release it and to calm them, to get them from a place of just really not knowing how to get out of that place and to a, a place of feeling that there is alternatives and they can have that shift. So I would say that EFT always comes in, even if it's sort of 10 minutes at the end of the session. But I don't, I don't really do the meditation side, even though I, I can do that. It's more the, just the acknowledgement of knowing it's, it's like a fast forward in coaching. So it's highly effective and highly efficient. So especially with an ADHD brain that likes to see fast results, Patience levels, you know, aren't the the the, le the highest. So if someone says to me, "I have this thing, and I really just I need it. I need it gone. I need to be able to just move on with my life. I need to be able to start my business. I want to be able to move past this this thought, so I can, you know, carry on doing what I do best." That's when I think, okay, right, we just need to do some tapping on this. And sometimes, you know, you see a shift in ten or fifteen minutes. It's that quick. And very often, sometimes when the trauma has been there for a very long time, it's almost kind of like gone a bit stagnant and it's just so desperately needing to be released. And it can just be a feeling in a body that's just always there, like a like a feeling in your shoulder. Like you could just have this low-lying kind of pain in, a, in your right shoulder that's just always there, but flares up when things get a bit stressful or someone says something that triggers you. So we go into that, that feeling. It's like, okay, let's just find out what that feeling in your right shoulder is. And when did you first feel it? And what happened when that feeling start, you know, and that's when we get into the good stuff because we'll know that that's that moment of 
you got pulled up at work. The boss, you know, the boss sent you an email and you had to go into the office. And ever since then, that right, that right shoulder always flares up when you feel like the RSD is kicking, the rejection sensitivity. So again, I, I mean, I did a presentation all about the power of EFT and rejection sensitivity because it is so powerful in helping you gain awareness about where this sensitivity comes from, when the feelings of rejection come in. And it's almost like, um, I would say, it's almost you can use EFT as a preventative when you know that potentially there's the RSD is going to flare up. So it's a very powerful tool for ADHD for so many different reasons. And that makes sense to me. I think one of the most brilliant things that I've read in years was um, from trauma expert, uh, Kolk and how he showed through brain scans that distress and trauma stored and encoded in the body, mm. which is why I've known these people who have literally been in therapy for decades. It doesn't make it better. It's just they're, they're just, you know, digging those grooves in deeper and deeper. Um, so what tapping does is you're tapping on these pressure points and it sends the signal to the brain specifically the amygdala, right? Where emotion is being processed and it tells it it's safe and, you know, it's, it's safe, calm down. It's another form of somatic therapy. It's inexpensive, right? I'm assuming mm-hmm. you teach your clients how to use it um, yeah. when you're not around. So it's cheap and it's totally accessible versus, you know, a lot of the other somatic therapies, they involve like another person that you have to go to and, you know, you have to to. So I'm just everything you're saying. I, I, I think is so brilliant, and I think interesting to me that when we're talking about ADHD, you men, you use it differently. You don't use a lot of the um, the meditations, and I think that is so ADHD, right? That we just want to get to the result, um, mm. and we need something that is. It, it, there's not a huge process to do it. Forget, or we don't want to be bothered. So I, I love what you just said about how you use tapping differently for ADHD than maybe a lot of people who don't use it specifically for ADHD may use tapping. Am I making sense, or am I just going on? <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. And and you know what? What's funny is that. I spent so much of my life thinking, oh, I should be doing it like that coach or I should be doing it like someone else. And I and I, I really need to be fitting into that box there because they're doing really well doing their thing. But then I realized that what was working for me was working. So I decided that if it was working for me and now I've got ADHD and I understand, it's going to help my clients if I work this way. So I'm using EFT in a way that I hope will help in different ways. And it, again, it depends on the client. It does depend, you know, what they come to me with. But we can, what I do, exactly what you said about, I do try and empower my clients with um, tools that they can use the tapping on their own. And what's amazing is that I hear that not only do they help themselves with it, they are doing it with their kids as well. I just had a message just before from a client that said, you know, she's got a, a child that really needed to, to sort of help with some regulation, emotional regulation. And she just tried the tapping. She said, I don't even know if I've got the, the points right. And I don't even know if I did it in the right order, but he loved it and he calmed down. And so I bring this in. It's like very often if we've got ADHD, we're going to have a kid with ADHD. And you know, it's like almost kind of like 99% <laughs> that there's going to be more ADHD going on in the family. And I've got daughters that I've done tapping with and they they do love it especially the little ones that the, the younger ones who aren't as kind of worried about what people might think when they're still young and a bit kind of more naive or innocent where they will be happy to try something new but it's very good for anxious minds at night so if you have um you know you the anxiety does creep in at night especially if it's like around menopause or you, the time of your cycle Using some tapping before you fall asleep is really, really good. And what else it's good for is getting your thoughts out. So I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there that are uh, the same as me, that you might wake up in the middle of the night and you'll have lots of things going on in your head and all the what ifs and the catastrophizing that gets a lot worse, you know, in the middle of the night. 
two or three minutes of tapping. I know your partners, if you're sleeping next to a partner, might not be that impressed, but you can tap and you can you can speak even in you know out loud or in your head of what is going on. You know, thinking, oh my God, I've got to be up at 9 a.m. to do for this client, and then I've got to go to the shops and I've got da 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 and you're worrying about the day ahead. You get that out of your brain while you're tapping and you will fall asleep much quicker and you will feel calmer and it won't feel as big a deal as you thought it was. So it can be used in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be, I mean, there's a, it's, it's amazing for trauma. Like you mentioned at the beginning, you know, veterans, PTSD, some of the ways that EFT can be used is very similar to EMDR where the, you know, it's huge, huge shifts in very traumatic situations. And quickly. Yeah. But you can also use it for very simplistic things as well, such as a child worrying about something before they fall asleep, such as overwhelm because you've got, you know, too much to do in the day and you don't know where to begin. So don't feel that this is going to, this is just something that is a complicated psychological tool. This can be just something you just pull out whenever you need it, two or three minutes here and there. And that's what I like to be able to you know, teach people is that it's, if you want to do some breath work, amazing. I love breath work, bring in the tapping and you'll kind of ramp it up by, you know, by another, another 10% or, you know, 20%, whatever it is. But yeah, it's re- it's really worth just learning um, those meridian points and just learning it for five minutes, you know, from any video online, because it can be something really effective for you. You know, that is when it's most effective for me. It's the tapping where I'm just going through the meridian points and I'm breathing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, it totally works. The other day, I use it for procrastination. <laughs> the other day, I had all this writing to do and I had this love-hate relationship with writing. I consider myself a, a good, strong writer. I'm very creative in my writing, but to start is hell. I just, to organize all my thoughts and I hate it. And I was shocked. I thought, I'm just going to try it for writing. And I did it, went through it a couple times. And I literally, what I had been procrastinating on writing for probably a month, I literally did it in those next three days. It just sounds so silly, but it totally worked for me. And we don't really know why, you know? I mean, yeah. So brilliant. um, It is. So do you have a success story or two that you might share with us? about a client that you've worked with who's, you know, literally their life has completely done a 180 through tapping? Ooh, okay. So just to inspire. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been quite a few clients of mine who have come to me and we've had three or four sessions where they were carrying old beliefs and they were carrying old stories about themselves, or there were certain things that they were being held back with that they weren't quite sure why and what it was but it's also uh, what I haven't mentioned is the part of the acceptance side and very often with ADHD and late late in life diagnosis you know that's typically I have a lot of women that come to me for that is this kind of acceptance of who they are and no longer resisting who they are and no longer fighting against their brain and just kind of accepting that this is the way things have always been and probably will always be but with now with new awareness and new tools and hopefully positivity and playing to strengths. So I feel that there's a lot of my clients that probably come away after several sessions of, of EFT with this profound level of self-acceptance of just knowing that certain things they couldn't have changed in their lives. They didn't have the resources. They didn't have the awareness and just being okay with that. And, and, you know, it's inner peace is quite a hard sell. It's not tangible. I'm not selling, you know, seven figure coaching packages and I'm not telling people that they can become millionaires overnight. What I'm selling to people is a feeling of lightness and acceptance and inner peace. And that's why I do what I do because I, I love it. I'm not a business coach, even though I do love kind of talking about business with, you know, my tapping clients. I do love going into that. But I want women to come away knowing that whatever happened in their life, it was just, you know, a process to get them to where they are right now. And no matter what they do, they can't change the past. The past has happened and they can live in this cycle of 
guilt and shame and blame and all of that. And they can be in that toxic place and, and never, ever be happy and never be accepting of themselves. Or they can get to a, a place of, um, and it's not very glamorous, of self-acceptance and recognition that they did what they could with, with the resources they've got. And they can move forwards. And for me, that is, you know, a success story. And they come back to me and say, you know what, you know, after several weeks of our sessions or months, they have started, you know, embracing new things in their life. They've recognized that certain relationships aren't working. People, their boundaries are better. The people that they hang around with, you know, they choose better. They decide that they do need that time for self-care. So these little modifications actually are the big success stories because that is where the the beauty is because we make those small changes, incremental changes, and we look back and go, okay, that was that version of me six months ago, a year ago, and this is a new, calmer, more balanced, more accepting version of myself where I'm not constantly beating myself up and criticizing myself and berating myself like I used to. And so it's that kind of combination. So I'm sorry I can't give you anything specific, but that's kind of, that's where the the, the journey is. Inner peace is literally priceless. You cannot go on to do any of the other things until, and and do them well and feel good about them, right? Until you Mm -hmm. feel comfortable with yourself and you've, what am I trying to say? Like the shame, I think the shame is the worst part. Mm -hmm. You know, whether we're shaming ourselves because we didn't do this and we didn't do that, or we're, you know, shaming the whole system that allowed this to continue. Nobody knows what ADHD looks like in girls and women. Yeah. I want to ask you, are you combined type? Yeah, I think I am. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm restless. So Mm -hmm. I do need to get out and about and I have to exercise and walk every day. And also my my mind is very busy. (laughs) So, yeah. 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 No, I, oh, thank you. I, I just, I love everything that you just said about, you know, generally your feelings of how tapping can be so effective for the ADHD brain. So I want to know, Kate, what is it about you and your ADHD that makes you so good at what you do? Ooh. So you know what, if you'd asked me that five years ago, I probably would have had a very different answer because I my self-esteem was rock bottom and I genuinely thought I had nothing to offer. Mm. And I looked back at my old, the old version of myself that just felt so lost and despairing of myself and what's wrong with me and why can't I just stick at things and why can't I just do what other people are doing? And this cycle and my poor husband used to just keep scraping me up from the floor and sh- trying to show me what I've achieved. Like I couldn't see, I couldn't see yeah. what I'd achieved and I'd achieved a lot. And he was like, look, what's wrong with you? Why can't you see it? But now I have this awareness. The ADHD has given me the awareness and the time to process and to self-reflect and to recognize all the hurdles and the challenges I've gone through in all the different areas of my life, you know, from a child moving, you know, now being, you know, 41-year-old mother. So I, I genuinely think my biggest strength is empathy and wanting to connect with, with other people and wanting to support and be you know that cheerleader that I I knew I always needed and I probably didn't have in in lots of circumstances so I just love being able to connect with other women where we've got similar similar stories and we can really relate and knowing that I'm still you know I'm just a few years ahead of them maybe if they've just been diagnosed or they're just starting the assessment process and I know I've still got you know lots more to learn and to do but I just th- I think, you know, you can't go wrong with empathy and connection and relatability. And so I hope that's, that's where my strengths lie. That's lovely. So what do you think the key to living successfully with ADHD is? Definitely self-acceptance and, and self-compassion. That's a huge one. You know, being able to be okay with who you are right now and to know that you are doing the best that you are and be able to give yourself that kind of support and that internal, you know, cheerleading that we we do need. So I think it is, it's just, just being able to be okay with who we are and know that 
if we've not done so great that day, that we're going to have a better day the, the next day. And it's okay to not always be productive and it's okay not to always be busy. And that's not, um, that's not where our worth lies. Our worth doesn't lie in all our achievements and, and everything. And, and also to know that it's okay to do things differently and to have different systems and to not be the same as everyone else. Like it's a, just because we're not the same as everyone else, we're not doing things in the same way, doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just different. And I, I wish to God I'd known that when I was, you know, 16 and 20 and 30, but, you know, like at least I know it now. So. Huh. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. And then what is your number one ADHD workaround? Probably tapping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I, I didn't even think of that as a potential answer, but of course, that's a brilliant one. So, um, yeah. You just started a new podcast. Yes. Yes. So can you tell us about it and why so, you yes. decided to do, you know, start it because don't you have another podcast so what's funny is that before I was diagnosed I started a podcast called the ambitious mum and basically it was me trying to work out why I had all these dreams and aspirations and why my well-being and my self-care kept kind of locking heads with that and why and, and it was just a combination of lots of things. It was totally me just not quite understanding myself and understanding why I wanted to be productive and achieve and have ambition while being a mother, but also needing to look after my emotional well-being so much. So it was it was the perfect kind of precursor to my ADHD diagnosis because, you know, judging by all the conversations I had with all these brilliant know experts and and guests we were dissecting all of that but I didn't understand it until towards the end of the, the series so I closed that series you know a few months ago and I have basically just leaned into my interests my my passion of women's well-being emotional well-being and ADHD and I and I really believe that this content is needed these conversations are needed that we need to understand how to look after ourselves. I love all the podcasts and all the content about productivity and procrastination and businesses and order in your house and parenting. I love all of that. Everything is needed. But I, I felt there was a gap in the market for just real genuine conversations about our mental health, our emotional regulation. And um, and that's what I, I hope to deliver with the podcast. So we're a month in. We've had four episodes right now as we record. And it's been, the feedback's been incredible. I've been put on the new and noteworthy on Apple. And it's, yeah, honestly, I was just blown away by that. But that was just another kind of indication of how much women are, are I think it's just women being, recognizing that they potentially have had ADHD their whole life. And they've recognized the mental and emotional challenges they've had alongside that. And they, they want a place to be able to understand it with their ADHD now that the ADHD is is there as opposed to it just being like why do I suffer from overwhelm and anxiety and depression and disordered eating and sleeplessness and all the things that come with ADHD and we're we're just putting that in a in a in a new box with the awareness of ADHD so it's been fabulous and I hope I hope Tracy that I can get you on as a guest as well very soon absolutely so um if people want to find out more information about your podcast, what you do, they want to talk to you, potentially working with you for tapping, where do they go? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm there a lot. Um, it's Kate Moore Youssef. Or you can find the Instagram um, page for the podcast, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod. And then you can go onto my website, which is coachingbykate.me.uk. Um, I work with clients from all around the world. We try and get around the time difference. I'm also, I'm going to be starting a, um, a small program, a cohort of women who have just been diagnosed with ADHD. So it's like, if you've been diagnosed with later on in life, ADHD, um, I'm hopefully going to be bringing lots of my insights about well-being and tapping um, into a small group and um, hopefully give you some of my my time there. So that's not quite been released yet, but all the details will be on my website um, as and when. Okay. Give us the the URL again. Yeah. So it's coachingbykate.me.uk. 
and you can find the podcast um, on all platforms and that's the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. This is all, this will all be in the show notes as well. So Kate, thank you so much for spending time with us uh, here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a real honor, Tracy. And I just want to say that when I was diagnosed, your podcast was the first podcast that I went to and I literally went through all of them. And when I found the podcast that you did on EFT, I was so excited and so happy. And that's when I first, we first connected, I think on Instagram, maybe it was like a year ago, but you're doing such an amazing job and your resource is just incredible. And so anyone like me, you know, who's just being diagnosed, it's your podcast is definitely the first port of call. So thank you so much for doing it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm just delighted to finally have had you on uh, talking about ADHD and tapping because I don't think anybody else does it, you know, specifically for ADHD. You're the only person that I could find. So, oh got a niche. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there is a niche, def, a def, small <laughs> niche, but hopefully it's needed. Ah, no, I think it's, ah, I just, especially for women and here I go again, I'm supposed to be wrapping this up, especially for women <laughs> where medication doesn't work. You know, yes, we sort of feel yes. like, well, where do we start then? Well, start, mm. it totally works. Anyway, thank yes. you. Kate. Thank you, Tracy. So if you like this episode with Kate, more Yusuf. I had to look down. <laughs> I wrote it out phonetically. Please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, they really help in that regard. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. Come join me over at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.